0: Welcome back to another episode of Keep Going Cat podcast. On this podcast, I am interviewing the incredible Jen Stoney. She is a sacred sexuality and sobriety coach, and she shares her incredible story of 15 years sobriety, hitting rock bottom, and then now creating an incredible business and how she owns her inner goddess to create the life that she has now. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love to hear from you. Let's get right into it. I am so excited about today's guest, Jen Stoney. She is a sober sexuality coach and that is just like rationalizing her amazingness down to like one little quick phrase. So I really want her to have the opportunity to introduce herself to you, share some of her incredible magic because her content is infectious. If you go through Jen's content, I immediately am like, I need glam. I need glam. I need a ring light because this woman just is so just infectious and magnetic. So Jen, give me like a little insight. Like if you were to give your elevator pitch to the KGK community, who are you? What do you do? How can we find you?
1: I love that. And thanks for having me on. This is so fun for those of you who don't know. I hired Kat as my personal trainer after I had my first son and she was amazing and I got huge results so highly recommend I'm just going to plug that right now. Yes. Next. <laughs> um so appreciated. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I am known as the Sacred Sober Sexuality Expert. I am a mom. I'm happily married for over 11 years. I've been sober as of April 15th, it'll be 15 years of continuous sobriety. And I coach successful sober sober women to come back home to their sacred sober sexuality.
0: And that is just too cool because and you know, those of you who have listened to the podcast I shared recently, Why I Stopped Drinking Alcohol, I can't even describe because we would need hours and hours. It'll be a whole separate podcast and that will be Jen's podcast just talking about the magic that can be created when you commit to sobriety it it, it's to me i'm new in it so i feel like i'm in the honeymoon phase of my sobriety and i know that there are going to be times where that relationship might change but right now what i'm truly feeling is the power that i feel being sober so Tell us your background. So 15 year sobriety is huge. That is such an incredible feat. So if you, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, tell us how you got there and where your sobriety journey began.
1: So, you know, first I wanna preface that nowadays people get sober before hitting the rock bottom that I'm gonna explain to you. And I think that that's freaking powerful. It's amazing. I really feel like COVID allowed for people to bring awareness to things that they uh, like otherwise wouldn't have been able to see. And so I think it's a true beautiful gift today yeah. that it's a different story and not everybody's an alcoholic who gets sober either. Like yeah. that's another thing. It's like when you remove alcohol from your from your life, your health is better, you feel better. Like all these things. So I just want to like preface that that being sober doesn't mean you have a problem, right?
0: Right.
1: So I got sober after being arrested three times working in a strip club going to the psyche er going um, being on probation and i got sober for a guy for my husband six months into my sobriety i stayed sober for me and it's a beautiful gift but by getting sober for a guy i avoided a lot of my sexual traumatic like healing process and so in our first year of marriage he had an affair And um, walked out, filed for divorce within days before our one-year anniversary. And I was four years sober at the time. It was a rock bottom, like never before. And that's truly what sent me on this beautiful journey back home to myself. And once I realized I didn't need a man to define me and that I was already whole and that I was destined for love and romance. And so, but of course it was going to happen. And I detached from what I knew was going to happen anyways, then we reconciled their marriage three weeks before we finalized our divorce. And it was truly remarkable. We were separated for two and a half years. Wow. And so when people asked me like, well, how do you heal from that? I was like, well, I didn't have to see him. There's, there's beautiful gifts in being separated that I think a lot of people don't want to see because they're like, no, because my whole thing with being separated was, oh my God, people are going to know we had problems and that I'm not perfect. And now I look back at him like, thank God, because yeah. where I am today is because of all that.
0: Yeah. I mean, as someone who Luis and I were separated for six months, and it was the hardest time, but we needed that. Yeah. You have to learn how to re communicate with one another. That could be a whole other conversation and <laughs> rabbit hole we could go down. But. When you say sacred sexuality, like let's stick into that a little more. Like what does that mean to you? Because I really do think that now I think younger generation, we they're so open. Like Gen Z is rocking their sexuality and it makes me so excited. But I feel like our parents were that generation of like it was very hush-hush. Maybe some moms were talking about pleasure, but it was like they were the weirdos. So what does that mean to you? Like what does sacred sexuality mean to you?
1: Sacred sexuality means that you're being unapologetic with what you desire and you spend time getting to know yourself. To me, self-pleasure is so important, especially if you're struggling in sexuality or if you're feeling disconnected from your body or you're feeling like, I don't know how to vocalize my needs in the bedroom, self-pleasure. Because when you have that sacred sexual connection with yourself, you become able to realize what you're okay with and what you're not in the bedroom. And then you can vocalize that to your partner after you've really anchored into it without having another person in the room with you, right? So it's truly connecting with your desires unapologetically and living in that freedom-filled space that now this generation gets to experience, right?
0: You and I weren't
1: raised in that. And it's beautiful getting to see them, getting to expand in that um, and truly be set free in a way that like our – sexuality and our sex energy it is it's a gift to this world I mean the sacral chakra like sex money power when you're in tune with your sexual energy like you are happy joyful, and free
0: yeah and that is so true and I think how can you even vocalize your partner what you want if you don't even know what feels good if you haven't figured out you know it's almost like having like a personal style you can't have someone go shop for you if you're like I don't know what size I am. I don't know the style that I wear. I don't know, you know, what I'm looking for. So I do think that pleasure, masturbation, however you get there, it could even just be like, I think looking at yourself and allowing to feel sexy. Like I think for some women, it can, I think especially for an older generation, it can feel so awkward to even think about like getting a vibrator or whatever. It's like, I can't even get there yet. It could literally just be allowing yourself to get some lingerie, I can imagine. You know, like putting on a sexy bra, like that could be the baby step into telling your partner, this is what I want. Because that could feel really scary to someone who maybe has never had a conversation like that, you know.
1: You know, I love that you touched on that because I was just talking with the lady who did my makeup yesterday. And I was like, the micro shifts consistently over time is what expands you? And she's like, tell me more about this. And I was like, well, think about it. Like you and I both know this cat. If somebody starts their day getting in the shower, looking at their body and being like, oh my God, my thighs are so big. Oh my gosh. That cellulite so gross. Oh gosh. My arms, they jiggle. Oh, look at like, you know, versus A woman who's in tune with her sacred sexuality, she gets in the shower and she's like, oh, my gosh, these arms, like, how amazing are they? They just lifted my babies in a bed yesterday. Wow, these legs, like, walked me in the shower like, ah. And they just spend time celebrating, truly validating their body, loving on their body, blessing their body, connecting with their body for five minutes without, instead of doing the to-do list, you know, the typical go, go, go woman who's, like, to-do list city – that five minutes in the shower can be such a huge game changer for somebody who's it doesn't Just matter where you're
0: dialogue. You, are. you know, like I think yeah. the intention of how you start something, when I'm explaining to starting a fitness journey, you can go, okay, starting Monday, I'm gonna do this because I'm I, I don't wanna be fat anymore and I feel so gross and I wanna cover up on the beach. Or it's I'm gonna move my body intentionally because happy people don't shoot their husbands and endorphins are a hell of a drug, you know, or, you know, or I'm going to plan my meals so I can be supported because life is busy and we're going in a million directions and I need a plan. Now as a byproduct of that process and that container, you're losing weight, you're get, you're hitting your exercise goals and then your body is changing. But the intention of going into something like I feel gross, it's out of alignment with how we know we should treat ourselves. And I think that's why people don't follow through. That's a woo-woo reason because I can be very tangible and say (laughs) you can't follow through because of these black and white reasons that are rooted in like this world. But on a woo-woo level, when we're saying I'm not gonna eat carbs, alcohol, or sugar, my body sucks. So I need to move more. That little girl inside of us or that woman inside is like, I just love fruit and I like to jump around and I want to be happy. And when we honor that person, our body can change. So Mm -hmm. I, Jen, I feel like you and I are so, we're, we're coaching different things, but I think that women truly do have to come back to this home within themselves. So for you in sobriety, how do you feel like that adds to your power? Like that's something that I really want to expand on because I think some women feel like I need a few drinks to loosen up if I'm going to feel comfortable in a new group of girlfriends or if I'm going to go on a date, like I need a glass of wine. Like I feel like in a way, alcohol has been so romanticized and it feels like it should be sexy. So like, how how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, so much, so much. Because here's the thing is that you, you're very familiar with this. People go and they'll numb out on food right? It's those feelings come up in our nervous system. We want to avoid them. And so we respond by keeping ourselves safe, by using mechanisms that are the easiest to grab. So is it that peanut butter? Is it the ice cream? Is it the whatever? You can take something healthy and overindulge in it. Okay. I can, I can list off 20 times of like, Yeah, it doesn't have to be something crappy. It doesn't have to be Doritos, right? But you can also numb out on gossiping. You can numb out And then alcohol is one of those things. So when people want to connect with their kids more, they want to have that fulfilling life. Well, to have that fulfilling life, they want that sexy marriage, that marriage is just irresistible. You feel adored. You're jumping on your husband in the kitchen like Kat and her husband. (laughs) So like you want that. You have to prioritize yourself and your connection. And if you're going to grab a drink out of, oh, this is fun and you can rationalize it it's cunning and baffling and be like it's just one i mean it's not a big deal but they've linked more and more studies of how toxic alcohol is and now they're saying we're probably going to end up looking back in 20 years on alcohol like we do cigarettes totally right I'm
0: feeling it i'm and i think that it's so cool exactly like you said when you began that people are not hitting rock bottom they're, they're choosing they're choosing to be alcohol free how whatever they're calling it, not Mm -hmm. because they've had to go to jail or do some type of a program or hurt someone else or just all of the horrible things that could happen as a result of abusing alcohol, just because they know it's bad for their health. And that's just so, to me, just so exciting and really what drove home my decision of no, I don't need to do AA. That doesn't feel right for me. I'm feeling very confused of how do I vocalize this choice. But once it was down to my health, improving my biomarkers of health, avoiding heart disease, which is why my mom went into a coma, avoiding mm-hmm. cancer. Wh- why wouldn't I? <laughs> it's like right? such a no-brainer. I, and maybe we need like a documentary like Super Size Me. Remember when that came out and McDonald's went from like the coolest, like every celebrity was repping McDonald's, To, oh, they eat McDonald's every day? Like, they don't know.
1: I totally agree. And I think it's really fascinating how things are unfolding. And I think it's beautiful because you're a woman who you're listening to your body, right? And, you know, the 12 steps community saved my life. I was heavily integrated for like 12 years. Loved it. Um, And then I've transitioned into another recovery community. She Recovers, it's a nonprofit organization. And it's beautiful because they actually have an upcoming um, event going on in Chicago. And there's like 500 women that are going to be there. You should totally look into it.
0: Yeah, you just spoke my language because I love Chicago. It's, I just love Chicago. It's such a great city.
1: Well, Elizabeth Gilbert's the keynote speaker at it. Oh my God. Like it's going to be, and I, yeah, it's going to be gold. It's going to be gold, but it's like 500 women in recovery. And what I love about them is they're like, we're all recovering from something. So there's women that are like in like a food, food addicts, there's codependents, there's women who are grieving the loss, there's women in recovery from cancer, there's alcohol, there's all these different women coming together, healing, and none of them say you have to do it a certain way. It's beautiful. It's everybody's there to work on themselves stay in their lane and to celebrate that we're all expanding and we're all on this beautiful journey and we come together with it. So I just, I love how our journey with anything can evolve and grow Mm -hmm. and how we can truly, it's finding that sisterhood community and knowing that we're not alone.
0: Right. Women are meant to be tribal. I I love, there's been a lot of conversation lately about women weren't meant to do this alone, like Mm -hmm. raising babies. And I think COVID really magnified that. We were separated more than we ever were. Cause I even felt isolated when I had my son and that was 10 years ago and there was no COVID. It, it was just isolating the way that our community and our culture is just set up. But COVID even more so, these moms are at home alone. And I think women, we are meant to do things together. We are meant to have that community to bounce things off. You see it when women get together and they like, we bubble up and we get this, burst of energy and so I do truly think that when you have a goal or you know that there's something that you can achieve bringing other women around you who have achieved those things maybe that's a shameless plug for Jen and I if there is something that you want to achieve you can reverse engineer that goal and make it a lot easier on yourself by having someone who's done the steps <laughs> and then oh, I don't mean 12 steps but 100% steps. so for you what types of transformations do you see? Like, I want to talk about the transformations that you've seen created in these women in, in in their clients' lives and in other women's life, celebrating their sober sexuality. Like, what do you see? What is the type of results that you get?
1: They're all over the board. So women come to me and I don't take on everybody. So when somebody comes to me, we connect and we see if we're a good fit. And that to me is a huge part of it. And why my clients get results is I won't take everyone on. So there are women who come to me with that roommate status marriage and they walk away with like, I'll never forget the message I got on Christmas Eve one year. And this woman's like, Jen, I'm in tears. My husband just gave me the most loving. He gave her like a love note card with like this letter. Never wrote her a love note in 18 years of marriage and bought her this beautiful, just You know, when someone gives you jewelry and there's thought behind it, it's not just I'm going to throw money at you, jewelry. And that's like bringing that passion back in the bedroom by her doing the work. They didn't do marriage counseling. She got in her lane and she did the work. And then there's another woman who she left a toxic relationship. She was like crawling out of her skin, like sober, newly sober. And she's just like, I thought he was the one I thought we were going to get engaged. And she decided to leave it. And then walked her through the healing process, the breakup process, met the man of her dreams. They're together today. They have a beautiful family. I was able to be in her wedding. And then there's like other women who they're coming back home to their body. They feel sexier than ever before. And they don't lose weight. There's other women who single moms, dating again for the first time, and then choosing to break off relationships because they see the red flags and knowing that, Jen, I'm doing it differently this time, and I want you to know it's because of you.
0: And and I see it. I see in the conversations that you share. I also love how you show up. That's something you're actually inspiring me, and I did not walk the walk today. But I have been making an effort. I'm like, two days a week, I'm not wearing workout clothes. I'm going to put on makeup because I joke, I'm a part-time hot girl. Like, I know how to do it. Like, I can put it all together Vegas style, and it's like a whole different person. So how do you feel like that affects you of like cuz i know for you you doing you don't do your hair makeup and clothes just to look a certain way what does that mean for you because i can i know that it's something more
1: <laughs> it totally is so i went through Well, I'll first say I used to get ready for male attention. You know, I'm a woman who I worked in the strip clubs as a cocktail waitress. Like I did things to get attention from men. Alcohol was my first drug of choice. Men was my second. So like there was a lot of healing and work that went into who I am today. But a big one that hit me was after becoming a mom with my first son, I went right back to work and I got my act into gear. I was like, okay, I need to... We need to shift this relationship with my body and food, hired cat. Like, there we go. Then I had my second son. It was different. It was different. I went through postpartum depression. I became a stay-at-home mom for a year because I thought that that was my meaning of life. It was going to be rainbows and butterflies. It was not. And so... um, After going through that, I realized I was dulling my sparkle because I wanted to fit in and be like a mom and not be selfish and have people like include me and fit in. And, and then I was like, screw that. Like I'm the mom with the hot pink jacket at pickup with like a skin tight shirt and cleavage on. Like that's me and to show up fully as me instead of being like, okay, well, I don't want to be too much. I don't want to take up too much space. I don't want to be too loud. That was a part of me that I allowed die And that's a huge part of what led to my alcoholism Mm. and was like, well, I can be myself when I drink. And so now I'm like, screw that. Like, I can be myself when I'm sober. And so it's really being me in and out of the bedroom, right? So going up to pick up with the fake lashes on, the hot pink nails, and being like, hey, and they're like, hey, John, like nothing, you know, people pick up on what you think of yourself. And so often we want to make everyone else feel comfortable and we forget about ourselves. We don't prioritize ourselves, but that's what it looks like to me, to somebody else. It could be showing up in yoga pants with no makeup on and that's them. So I just want to really put it out there that like, Mm -hmm. I'm like a sparkle leopard print kind of person, but like, that's not everybody. It's about really being in alignment of who you are and being fully that person instead of trying to be someone else so that you'll be included in the mom group.
0: And how crazy that we think that alcohol will make it more comfortable. Like, okay, if I have the drink, then I'll be laid back and I can be my funny self. And I think even more so than the anxiety creeps in, you're out of alignment, and that true self doesn't even come through. So it it does show up. If you are not dressing how you would normally or not being yourself in the pickup line, I think we're intuitive enough as humans that they're going to pick up on it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to be attracted to you as a person. So how do you feel like that has changed your relationships with your husband and other women, like being this true authentic self? Like what is how does that change for you?
1: I think it just makes it more fun, more real, more like we can actually have real conversations because it's an energy and when uh-huh. somebody sees you being your unapologetic self, one it can trigger them, it can make them feel uncomfortable. You can get some comments, which by right. all means, I've received the comments and I'm human, so I haven't always felt great when receiving them. Right. But with my husband, it's wonderful because he knows like he's going to get the full me. I'm not going to I'm not going to dim down and try to fit in this little like box right. of who I think I should be. And with my relationships, some of them have gone away. Which I think is a beautiful gift. I celebrate that. And then I've made really incredible relationships with women who are so powerful, so inspiring because I've leveled up and said, yes, God, like I'm ready for this. I'm going to be my true self. And when you're doing that, you're in your power and you attract other women in their power.
0: It is so interesting how, when you do take up more space, the people around you they are used to it. They're used to you taking up a certain amount of space. If you have played small a lot of your life or dimmed your shine, changed who you are made these little adjustments, it's not dramatic. It's not like one day you showed up and someone kicked your shin at school and then you're like, now I'm small. I think that people trim. I I think of it like a little bonsai, like you're just trimming trimming and trimming and trimming and trimming and trimming. And then by the time you're an adult, there's nothing left. So I, I definitely went through that where I feel like I had the, the butterfly experience where I just completely shattered the person that I was before, turned into goo, went into my cocoon and came out this butterfly. And there was there was people in my life that couldn't handle it. The space that I was taking up was so great that it was like, they didn't know how to interact with me. And I lost, I mean, friendships, people who I considered almost like family. And it can be painful at the time, but now when I look back, I wouldn't have been able to continue my journey and achieve the things that I had had I continued to prune and adjust and be smaller and dim my shine. So if there are women listening to this, I think Jen and I would both really encourage you to look at those people around you and ask yourself, are you able to be your true authentic self? What parts of you are you dimming That are holding you back from the expansion that you know you deserve. Because we all know, you know, when you're meant for greatness.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's usually something. And so I would encourage your listeners right now to even journal on and be like, what are you afraid of losing if you do let your true self come out? Like, what are you going to lose? Right. There was a part of me that was like, oh my gosh. If I show up online fully as me and shine bright, like, is my husband going to leave? And I knew that he wasn't going to, but that was like a lie and a fear inside. Like, I coach on this. We have a great marriage. But that was something that was holding me back. And so when we're honest with ourselves with that, we can be like, oh, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. Like, yeah, like that's that's not true.
0: Right. And sometimes what we think is our worst fear, once you do write it down, you're like, that is the silliest thing I have ever seen. Why would you even think that? And our brains lie to us all the time. Like, I think that we think that this is soul connection or this is gut, but it's not. It's this running, like rambling, untrustworthy source. So if we can insert in positive thought and insert in the things that we know to be true, so like you were saying earlier about getting into the shower and looking and being like, I love my body and it is powerful. At first it might feel a little silly because you're not used to it. You've been talking crap to yourself for decades. And then when you start to do it for the first time, it feels very awkward.
1: And I want to encourage people like feel those feelings. Don't push them down. Remember a feeling takes like 90 seconds to feel, but when we take a feeling and we attach it, to a limiting belief, a story, mm. it gets stuck in our body as a pocket of energy. So if we just allow ourselves to feel that shame, feel that guilt, feel that right. sadness, feel that disconnect. And instead of being like going down the spiral, just let it flow through you right. and just continue on and be like, we're human, we're gonna have feelings. And the more comfortable we we get right. from feeling our feelings, the faster you're able to move, to shift, to expand and to truly show up as your full self.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Going Cat podcast. I hope you enjoyed this incredible conversation. If you want to follow Jen Stoney, I have left her information in the show notes here so you can connect with her and absorb more of her magic. I hope you have the most incredible day. I love you all.
1: Bye.